0: Five hundred years ago,
1: he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so
0: evildoers will believe that this man cannot die. The <laughs> The ghost who walks The Phantom Enemies beware The Phantom's always there But you won't find the Phantom
1: He finds you G'day everyone For those who came in late You're listening to Expand the Phantom Podcast This is episode 73A the second half of episode 73, Comics and News. My name is Dan Fraser, and shortly in the podcast, I'll be joined by Jermaine Parker and Stephen East, the regular team. Obviously, this is, as I said, the second half. Uh, It's not often we do two halves. I think, uh, oh, gosh, Uh, without looking, it might be episode 14 or episode 8. I don't know. Back very, very early where we did an A and a B. Uh, This, I think, is actually the 76th. Podcast that we've released, even though it's now an episode seventy three A. We're starting to get very fruish in terms of the way that we do these. Look, the reason we've done a seventy three and seventy three A is we're trying to keep the time down to under an hour or under an hour twenty sort twenty minutes sort of thing uh, because we've heard a few folks who have been complaining that we talk too much about the Phantom. Hmm, it's an interesting one. Not too sure that people who are listening to the podcast or subscribing to the podcast because they want to hear people talk about the Phantom and then complain about that we talk about the Phantom too much. Uh, anyway, as I say, it's an interesting one that we're trying to find a balance. Um, the the thing that you should realise it is if you want to have your say in terms of how long the podcast should be or who should we... Uh, what we should be talking about or what you, who, you, who would you like to hear from in the podcast and all that sort of stuff uh, in terms of interviews and that sort of thing, you are absolutely more than welcome to provide some feedback to us. We listen to whatever our, our loyal listeners say um, via the survey that we've put up on our website. So if you want to head to chroniclechamber.com on the front page, I think it's still on the front page, is uh, a a post called Have Your Say. And if you scroll down on that on the ChronicleChamber.com website, scroll down to Have Your Say and click on that. You'll be directed to a link. Where you can let us know what you think about the podcast and how long it should be and who we should have on it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm look, <laughs> I'm recording this in a bit of a giddy mood. You can probably tell. Uh, the reason for that is because I've literally just got off the off the Skype channel, um, having recorded episode seventy four where the the team uh, talked to two very special guests uh, who were returning guests, one of the first times we 've had returning guests because there was uh, guests guests on the podcast, obviously Stephen. Wasn't allowed to join us. It was just, it was just Jermaine and I uh, talking to these two guys. It was a really fantastic conversation. It look, it ran well over time in terms of the sticking to an hour type time. Uh, we just can't help ourselves sometimes when we start talking Phantom and all the all the rest of it. The conversation was so much fun. Episode 74. I just cannot wait to share it with you guys. Um, looking forward to that coming out very very soon. Just going to edit that one down. So look forward to that. Make sure you're subscribed to um, Expand the Phantom Podcast via iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast provider is, and uh, you will hear that in the not too distant future. In the meantime, I hope you really enjoy what's coming up. It's the second half of episode 73, as I said. In the next hour or so, we're going to talk about through issues numbers 1788 right through to 1791. Of course, This is your standard spoiler warning. We are going to talk about the plot. We are going to do some reveals as to what happens in those episodes. Do yourself a favour. Go back and read those before you listen to this. Or listen to this and then read those. Whatever it is is you want to do. The main thing is read your fruits, Buy your fruits at your newsagents. And you'll be able to keep up with whatever it is we're talking about. All right. Enjoy this episode, folks. And uh, see you soon. Let's move to the Frews, and Frew 1788 is the... is We've got four to talk about, 1788, 89, 90, and 91. We start with 1788, which is the Baron Khan Sedition. and also has uh, the Bill Ganty, SOS Phantom, and the Pirate Raiders in it. So uh, first up, the Shane Foley cover. What did we think of this one, guys?
0: It's nice. Yeah, it's fine. Good job. The thing I like about Shane Foley is that he's good at using... Empty space to um, maximize like the cover and his art. Um, like there's, and we've we've talked about in the past about having the colors like the Chriswell one, which was the purple to make it pop. This was almost the opposite, where the white made it pop. If that kind of makes sense. Yep.
2: Mm. Having said that, I would have taken the top half of the back cover. And the bottom half of the front cover, and made that the front cover, and I know, maybe an explosion going over the, the top of those buildings on the back cover, for the back. I don't know, but I kind of like the back cover better. But I like, you know, the Phantom ducking under the, the explosion. So you have an action shot of the Phantom underneath the, um, the menacing shell of the Phantom, and you know that gives you two sides of the story. And I know, do something else with the back cover. Mm. Or you make it one great big one
1: it's interesting I, I really like the way and it's just a, a little detail I suppose but the way on the front cover the holster is flying um, off. Yeah. it really has that that uh, sense of motion getting down under the explosion so uh, and, and in in terms you've you've raised the back cover there the thing that I know the first thing I noticed about the back cover is that that could just as easily be a the demon front cover
2: well we'll talk about that in um was it the the Cold Fire worshippers? Mm-hmm. you have seen the back cover of that one.
1: Yeah, uh, the the Cold Fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, it looks like the Phantom is punching yeah. the Demon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just it's interesting the way that uh, the timing has worked out because I think this one came out just after we'd spoken to Matt Kym, who's the the author and artist of the Demon, and it just really jumped out at me as being a uh, almost a little Demon tribute on the back of a Fru, which is ironic.
2: <laughs> anyway, anyway, what about the story? Yes,
1: the story. So, what do we think of the the, the story, the Baron Karns edition? Now, this is a daily story, really, uh, I guess, important in a sense in fandom history as being the daily story uh, during which Paul Ryan passed away, and so he started the story, and Mike Manley finished it. Um, so that, I guess, is is its place in fandom history. First time that it's been published in Australia, certainly in a fru. Uh, what did we think of the story? It's a
0: long time it was coming. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It was fun.
1: What um, made
2: it fun for you, Jermaine?
1: I don't know. Like it
0: just—it was, you know, it had Rex in there. It had the, um, uh, like the, like the romantic element to it. Um, but it, you know, but it also had the, you know, the seriousness and stuff.
1: I think um, there's, I, I really liked a lot about the story. I, I loved the the Phantom. Uh, when, when one bad guy rings another and he's passed out on a coffee table, and my first thought was, my God, this guy's been drinking and he's just crashed out on a, on a <laughs> coffee table. And the next scene, no, the Phantom's just sitting there watching the phone ring while old mate's got a skull, uh, skull mark on his chin. You go, oh, okay, so this is what happened. So uh, lots of those <laughs> little touches, the Phantom going around and, and, being, and being the ghost who walks and... Um, uh, yeah.
2: Striking fear into a wall.
1: Exactly, it, exactly. I
2: love
0: it, that. Which is what you like to say. It goes to show just how much of a master Paul Ryan was that he was able to, like, draw... Like, it was very easy to draw a story from, like, you know, point A to point B and to draw it in the sense that... And also, this is Paul Ryan, but also Tony D. Paul, where yeah. you kind of had those little jumps... Like, for instance, you said, like, the, fo- the phone ringing and then the guy's already punched out. Yes. And so it had those little jumps, but it was classic storybook telling, and it was it was really well done in the sense that it was a little bit jumpy, but it worked, and it was, um, yeah, I, I thought it was, unfortunately, Paul Ryan left us way too soon. A lovely fellow, and it was, yeah, it was, he was at top of his game.
1: I think uh, just alluding to what you said there, Steve. I I do wish that we had got these in the same order that they appeared in the newspapers. Mm. It um,
2: we should have should got this back at the Christmas special.
1: Yeah, agreed. Or, or yeah, before the Christmas special because that's where it belongs in its in its natural order. It, and it
2: belongs in between the, Christ, the stories in the Christmas special.
1: Yes, and it really underlines the the fact that Tony DePaul has got a. Uh, a grand plan, like there's a massive story arc under, underlying everything that he does the way that the Nomad's included in this and his fingerprints are all over this story it, it's, it's a shame that we're not reading them in the Fru comics in the same order that they're supposed to be read
2: mm.
0: well I'm glad, it's just the fact that we still got Tony D. Paul as a writer
1: that's great oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah absolutely and I really like the way that he's included a hot tub in the Skull Cave. That's not something that I knew existed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we've got uh, a heated toilet in the Kid fandom, <laughs> and now we've got a, a hot
1: tub. I assume <laughs> it's being fed by Underground Springs or something. Yeah. <laughs> No, it, it, um, I, I do like the way that, uh, and, and this is the Curse of Old Moz story that's going on as, at the moment as well, there really is a, a home or a family element to the Phantom, even though the twins are, are grown up and left home, you've still got Diane. Is that and- because he gets bossed by his wife? It's possible he's <laughs> asleep when she gives him the instruction.
0: <laughs> uh, he's, he's just like the rest of us, you know. The wife's still talking and telling us what to do, and you're just like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, whatever. Just, I'll just say yes. Just let me go to sleep.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I really do enjoy the um, the story arc that Tony DeBall's taking us on here, and I, I think he's an excellent, excellent storyteller. And uh, like you said. I'm so glad that he's uh, still with us and still and still taking on the next story Great uh, One interesting thing that was in the message from the publisher of this story was the mention of the four or four, the three quarterly um, editions that we've got going on now from Fru and that's the giant size obviously the kid phantom and phantoms world they're all uh, basically announced here as quarterly publications and that there will be soon announced a second or separate subscription that you can take out from Fru. Which, by the way, this reads you'll be able to subscribe to that and get all of those three stories.
0: Yeah, that's the way I read it as well. So no, it'll be good because I think there was there's been a lot of um, a lot of old school fans that are kind of like oh what i to go to a news agent or 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 you know go to the websites. So I think it. I think it's good in the sense that people are just, you know, there's the old uh, meme where it says just show up and take my money. But I think <laughs> I think some people are like that, just you know, where they just find it easier just to throw the money or the credit cards are through and say just take the money and just give me my comics and I'm happy. So I think it's um it's
2: a good opportunity for them. Just checking out the website, uh, Giant Size Two looks like to be available. Oh, is it? I haven't seen it in a shop, but well, there's a big write up here, and we got covers and everything going on here. So um, it doesn't actually say uh, uh, on sale date, but um,
1: could you buy it now if you were off of a mind?
2: Um, add to cart. Really? Thank you. Oh, view cart. You, no, I'm not going to continue shopping. I'm going to help. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> ah,
1: that's interesting. Okay, hmm. and the bookmarks have appeared back, I think, the looks of
2: this. Yeah, I saw those the other day. Yeah, okay. Yep.
0: And um, which is even really exciting is the 2017 Annual Signature Series has finally hit their um it has it. as well.
1: Oh, well, that's Yeah, so
0: I'm sure that will get everyone excited and the people who don't have one will, i.e. me, are probably going to go buy one. And
1: me, yeah. Giant's host number two, you're right. There it is.
2: I know I'm right. I'm looking straight at it.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, it, oh, suddenly there's a great deal of excitement. I hadn't seen that. I <laughs> yeah. wonder when that went up. Quick, guys. We're
2: still doing a podcast. Sorry.
1: Anyway, back to back to what we were talking about. Okay, so I mentioned this about this story. This is the story where Paul Ryan stopped for, for obvious reasons and Mike Manley took over. Uh, could you pick the point where Paul yes. Ryan stopped and Mike oh, Manley... Oh,
2: yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: I said that quite facetiously. It's like there was an underline drawn under Ryan before Manly, wasn't it?
0: It's, but you can, but it's not. Um, like it's not as well done as when Wilson McCoy took over from Ray Moore.
1: No.
0: Um, oh, I... but it's probably done better than when, say, Cyber took over Wilson McCoy.
1: Oh no, I disagree with that. So we're talking, obviously on page 28 and literally halfway down the page in between the second and the third um, row. Would you agree yeah, with that?
2: Yeah, third row is Manly.
1: Second row is Ryan, third. third row is Manly.
0: Yep. So you're saying that you reckon that there's... It's not, see, I reckon I reckon I reckon Mike's to be fair, I reckon Mike's done a good job
2: in like... Never said he didn't but you can tell he yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying he can't but it's but it's, it's, it's a more of a smoother transition than, say, was McCoy to Cy uh, Barry. No, I've got to that disagree.
1: Was chalk and cheese. I've got to disagree. I, I, I don't think it's as clear-cut when um, Barry took over from McCoy where you can go, that's the panel. We, we can point to the panel. That's,
0: well, know. no, it's, it wasn't a panel. It was a story. So you've got, yeah. like, the werewolf to the slave market of Newcar. They're chalk and cheese in, apart from each other. You can tell that there's definitely a new artist.
1: Oh, maybe maybe this stands out stories. more because it's halfway through a story, but um,
0: yeah, it probably does. But you know, you look at those two stories, the werewolf and slave market of Muka, and you can very easily tell that they're two different artists.
1: And it's the same here; you can very easily tell. The
0: yeah, and I'm not saying that's not, but and I'm saying it's 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 not as good as what. Uh, Wilson uh, McCoy did when he took over Ray, uh, Ray Moore, no. and it's definitely it's it's obvious it's a it's it's different artist, but um it's yeah it's it's not as bad as as a jarring difference as what it was when Wilson McCoy and Ray Moore. No, that's interesting because jarring
1: over. is exactly the word that I've written down in my notes. Um, I th- I thought that it was. It was jarring. It was like, oh, my God, this is a completely different artist. And at the time when Manly took over, there was a lot of negative um, feedback on social media, which I didn't buy into at the time. But if I look at the, the first three depictions, first four depictions of the Phantom that Manley's done on the bottom, <laughs> bottom of page 29...
2: They're not good. They're
1: not great. They're not great. They're very different to what Paul Ryan had done and I think even Mike Manley would look back at those and go, "Yeah, I probably could have done them better."
0: Yeah, I take that point, but I think you're um, I think you might want to have a look at some of the other times when artists have been taken over before you um, because uh, it's definitely better than um previous ones. Oh,
1: well.
0: And you got to remember. We can where, agree to disagree in, on uh, that because you got to remember in the in the podcast that we've done with um. With Cy Barry, he was told that he had to make his art more like Wilson McCoy.
1: Yes, and clearly Mike Manley was not told that.
0: No, it's 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 closer to Paul Ryan than what Cy Barry's was to Wilson McCoy's though. Yeah, no, maybe I
1: don't, so. I, I don't know. About go them. go back and relook at those two stories. I'm looking at them right now. Like uh,
0: the, no, no I'm I. About the, <good>. You, are okay, you let's move on. And eh? <laughs> the slave market
1: of Mika? No, I'm not looking at those right now. I'm looking at um, the Barakans. We need to
0: have a look at those to be able to make a to be able to make a proper judgment call.
2: Coming in episode seventy four, we compare <laughs> the artists took over from other artists. <laughs> they're, they're, actually, that's not
1: a bad. It's actually a really good <laughs> idea for a podcast. Okay, all right. So, um, what are we up to now? Ah, the very yeah, interesting art raiders. Sorry.
2: You gonna do the Pirate Raiders?
1: The Pirate Raiders. Oh yes, yeah, SOS Pirate little... Raiders. The Bill Sorry, that does that was tucked in the back. It was a little what four page, one yeah. two three four page story from Bill um, Originally published in obviously King Comics in 1966. Uh, so you know, fifty years ago now, we enjoyed this little story. Yeah,
2: it's not a story. It, it, is, was what nice. it, it did is what did. What had to do? Yep.
1: Good. All, right. All right.
2: Moving
1: on. <laughs> no explanation given by Bill as to what the ghost creature was. I assume it was Devil wearing some sort of um, paper mache head that they found or made. Somehow the Phantom was able to position himself between the sun and the pirate's pocket so that he could set his pants on fire. A fun little story, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so... Lee Fork Recreations, uh, episode uh, through issue 1789, uh, which has the tiger girl and uh, the two parts of Lady Luck, parts one and part two. Lee Fork stories, so uh, Forkists may or may not appreciate these as um, uh, an opportunity to read a Lee Fork story, but this time rather than the originals, which were both drawn by Wilson McCoy, these are drawn or reinterpreted, I suppose, by uh, Felmang following the new script, and I, and, and, and I say that advisedly, the new script that's been provided by Ulf um, Granberg by, uh, of Egmont fame. So, gents, what did we think well, of... Dan,
0: as Dan, as our resident focused, did this itch your scratch? Or
1: scratch my scratch itch. Scratch your itch, I think,
0: mate. Scratch your itch. Because on this podcast, you have, and we've agreed with you, said that we need to see more fork stories. So, and we've already, these have already been published before by Fru, so they're not new.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, so they've both been published before by Fru, but once uh, 16 or 17 years ago. So I don't know that that's a a serious crime, so to speak. Um,
0: Yeah, but. As a focus, did it did it help me that meet the need for you?
1: I'm going to say yes-ish, because <laughs> there's clear as you read through these that there's some fantastic forkness about it, but I do feel like it's been uh, tainted was the word that sprang to mind. It's probably not fair.
2: Um,
1: it's been it's been Twisted a little bit by the reinterpretation. I'm not sure what was wrong with using Folks' original script word for word, and why it needed to be uh, reinterpreted. And I say that, look. Uh, well, the
0: biggest interpret, the biggest reinterpretation, or the biggest fiddle, or whatever word you want to use, is when they're talking past tense instead of happening it happening at in present tense.
2: Yes, Fandom was... and Diana having their little chats yeah at the it start and the finish past, yeah. yeah so that's
0: that's the biggest main difference with the script
1: yeah and i guess this this as much as anything and, and i'm i absolutely would have read these back in the early 2 uh, 2000 2001 when they were first published by Fru. but reading them now it, it i enjoyed the lee Falk stories but there was I guess I probably have appreciated for the first time how much I enjoyed the Wilson-McCoy art to go along with it. So whether I'm a McCoyist as well as being a Forkist, I'm not sure.
0: So would have you preferred if they had create, if they had given us the original stories?
1: Yes.
2: Okay. What about you, Steve? Um, I don't know. I think it was the art that... If you want to use that word, jarring, that that probably jarred me. Um, like knowing that they are, you know, Lee Folk stories, and so you have a particular idea in mind of of how a Lee Folk story looks, uh, because of the you know, the artist that he was with. So to see the art done this way, I'm not going to go so far to say I hate it, because I don't. I think the art is fantastic, but it's I suppose it's just another way, another context for. To, to put folk in, in there to, I don't know, to a modern audience, I don't know, who like that type of art. But yeah, having said point. that, I think, um, the, like, the art is great, but it seems like filming has gone out of his way to, to get as many boobs and bums in there as Sexualize possible. It. And, and that really takes away from the story. Um, but do
0: you think he's always done
2: that? I'm going to say no, because I've never really... Like, I'll I'll go back and read his stuff now and and prove myself wrong. But I couldn't say that I've noticed it before, but reading this and seeing that, yeah they're all, you know, femme for tales and all that, it's really drawing your attention to it. And I I feel in in some way it's actually taken away from the story. It looks like, in in a lot of cases, he draws the girl naked and then just puts a bit of clothes, clothing on him. Um I I thought there were with a, with a couple of panels, I'm just opening it up and I can see Dana diving off the um the lady luck. And, you know, she looks like she's wearing a G bunger underneath the um underneath her shorts there and there's so many shots of um girls scrubbing decks with their bums up in the air just you know and there's another one there with a the girl in a wetsuit and you know Yeah the belly looks like she's wearing a wet well, wet suit, You know, it just looks like spray, spray paint. Yeah, just spray painted it on. I and,
0: I um, think filmmaking's yeah. always done that. He's yeah. always done that. Go, like, do yourself a favor. Go through and like reread them, um, and you will notice that probably from about the uh, probably from about the nineties onwards, it's very uh, sexualized a lot more. I I. Out of these two stories, I prefer the Tiger Girl over the Lady Luck, but out of the Fork stories, I prefer the Lady Luck, or out of the original, sorry, I prefer the Lady Luck over the Tiger Girl. So I'm not yeah. – I'm, I'm, I, I I. think it was a great idea, um, and I think it, it could be a good idea of introducing people to Fork stories because not everyone has read all the folk stories, but I I think, I think he nailed it with the tiger girl, but, uh, the lady luck, I don't know. It, it didn't, it didn't excite me as much as, um, that's probably the wrong word when we're talking
2: about. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I don't remember the tiger girl in its original form. I can remember lady luck without having to go back over it. And, um, Mm. Yeah, it all seems very similar. But what another point before we get too far in it, what happened to the Mer- Mermaids of Mello Strait? Isn't, wasn't that supposed to be included in Oh uh, That's this? next. No, okay.
0: no, so it was... So from what I understand is that they're going to be producing another one of these, another of which is going to include the Mermaids of Mello Strait's uh, The Missing Link, which is a Barry story, and I believe there's one more, but I can't remember at the top of my head, that he has okay. done as well.
1: It's an interesting exercise to dig out, if you've got them, Lee Falk or the original uh, Wilson McCoy, I should say, versions of these stories and sort of read them side by side because there are times where the dialogue matches word for word and the panels... So oh, did you do that? I did, yeah. Um, and and there's some really interesting little inclusions and obviously we've talked about the um, the prelude and the... The prologue, if you like, um, at the beginning, at the end of each story, at the epilogue, I should say. <coughs>
2: yeah. The... Sorry. Hang <laughs> on, hey, aren't you an English teacher? Yeah, <laughs> no. Didn't you just <laughs> say the same thing in two different ways? I
1: am. A, I am an English teacher, but it's also <laughs> eleven 11.10 11, on a uh, Sunday night. One, one thing that really stood out to me on page thirty-three of the Tiger Girl, and um, we've got uh, the Phantom turns up to see Jean get back onto her cruise ship and go away, and he asks her, you know, did you pretend to be the tiger girl just to get a good uh, get a job as a dancer? If so, why not just become a good dancer? And she goes, oh, no, I'd never thought of that. I, maybe I should do that. And in the, the the modern version, she sneaks in and gives him a kiss and then is on the boat. that panel doesn't exist in the original Wilson McCoy story. So uh, it's just uh, an example of... Um, a a different take on the story and an extra panel here or an extra panel there that... um
2: But you expect that when they're redoing the story
1: yeah i suppose and, and as someone who teaches shakespeare to kids and and encourages them to reinterpret shakespeare and modernize it and that sort of thing i've got no problem with it in a sense but
0: so it's okay to do it with shakespeare but not the phantom no no, no. <laughs> that's not what
1: he, that's not what i'm saying i'm saying i can understand it and and i'm putting i'm putting leaf fork on the same pedestal as uh william shakespeare that's exactly what i'm doing um yeah uh, yeah, I, I can see why they do it. I don't know that it's... What what it does is it changes the story. And this is what I'm saying. If you're going to change the script, uh, you're going to change the story. So, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what my point is, other than to say...
2: that, they, that <laughs> was somewhere, I'm sure,
1: ...that they are different, <laughs> they are different, and you can't just... Um, yeah. Yeah, you can't just put this out it there might, and say this is
0: what... It might even be worth doing a podcast... or I mean, not a podcast, they are... Like an article of actually just the, the differences between the stories um, well obviously maybe not frame by frame but you know maybe when we see these other one by Felmang well if this actually...
1: yeah if this is something that Fru is going to do uh... well
0: Felmang only did a couple he didn't he did like he's he's done about five or six from memory I can't remember the exact number um, so Fulming, uh Fru will just be reprinting it because they seem to be like publishing all Felmang stuff again
1: yeah, filming's become a bit of a hit, hasn't he? He he would be the yeah. most. We'd have to go back and look at the numbers, but he'd just about have to be the most popular cover artist since the New Fruit Crew took over.
2: I would have thought that. I, I thought that exactly. Yeah. So, Without looking but, correctly, but yeah. Yeah,
0: but so it would be. It would be an interesting experiment to do what you've just done with these two stories, but also to do it with the others, and maybe maybe it needs to be a bit of a um a, a blog post or something mm. because I reckon it would be. It would be interesting to see just what has been modified yeah, look, from a pure the, from a pure Phantom standpoint.
1: Another, another example in the Wilson McCoy version, the Phantom calls the old tiger Tabby a number of times, whereas in the new version, never calls it Tabby. Is always calling it Honey, which is the tiger's actual name. So, you know, that's a pretty inconsequential thing, perhaps, but it also uh, calling a calling a tiger Tabby speaks to a mindset as to how you talk to a tiger, you know. It's just a little interesting quirk.
2: Hmm.
1: All yeah. right. Um, so anything else that came up out of the uh, the message from the publisher or the letters uh, in the forum on the last page for you guys?
2: No. I can remember. Yep. Something that I have noticed in, in Dudley's um, message from the publisher He's he's doing his best not to give away too much of the storyline, and he actually says that. (laughs) I'll I'll just cut it off there before I get criticised for uh, (laughs) spoiling the story. Yeah.
1: Actually, now that you've you've mentioned that, one thing that I did note, um, and this is back from 1788, one of the responses that uh, Dudley gives to a letter writer is very, very honest in where he says that he thinks the replica series is going to go down as a a quirk in fandom history, and he understands why people don't like it and the rest of it. But he also mentions Heart of Darkness, and he says that um, Heart of Darkness deserves better delivery than what we are giving it at the moment. So I think that uh, it's interesting the way that he's very open and honest in his responses to the...
0: And I love that. Yeah. I love
1: the openness. He's happy to be critical of his own work.
0: Yeah, 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 and he listens to criticisms. Obvious by the fact that you know they haven't cancelled our subscriptions yet, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> and the fact that you know when at conventions and dinners and stuff like that, he actually talks to fans. So it's obvious that you know he he is does listen to people, and by the free letters and that. But um, I think he's I think he's right that with both of
1: those. Okay. All right, so moving on, we've got um, Phantom through number 1790. This is the Coldfire Worshippers. It's also got Phantom by Gaslight Part 2 uh, with the fa- with the cover by Glenn Lumsden. So starting with the cover, what do we think of the cover, gents? We've already partially talked about it here.
2: Oh, well, nice and bold um, in a Saviourk-style manner. <laughs> However, clearly not Saviourk. These lines are very rounded and almost side-barry-ish, I suppose. An interesting take on the actual Phantom costume. His um, his striped undies look like shorts, and mm. it's not not he's, bad.
0: He's done that
2: in the uh, giant size as well. Mm, he has. That is um, name, isn't it? Yeah, he's, and his mask as well. That's um, is a Ray Moore or Wilson McCoy style yeah, mask rather Moore, than I the um, rather than the triangular one that we yeah. have now but the I'll really the and the the picture is actually not from the um comic it's definitely inspired by the comic yeah. um yeah you know, in the scene but that scene where um you know, you've got the girl with the gun and the phantom hiding there and and we'll say Dana on the floor there but actually doesn't happen in in that way I think we've seen that before in other um covers where um it could have happened in the story, but actually it's it's not. Quite the same as in the story, and and the, and I like it. It's good, great use of contrast. It's just, a, it's a great bold cover that you can't help but look at it. It's great.
0: It's it's interesting looking at this cover and his giant size covers, and then looking at the artwork that he did for the comic that he created. Which, for those who don't know, uh, Glenn Lumbston did the uh, Marvel miniseries, the one with um, uh, Murph Hughes as the bad guy. Oh, did he? Yeah. um, So it's interesting having a look at these style covers compared to the ones that, the art that he did for Marvel. It's almost, you would not be able to pick that it's the same artist. The stuff that he's doing for Fru is almost old school, if that kind of makes
2: sense. That's good school.
0: Yeah, no, it's um, you know, obviously he's talented enough to be able to change his style, you know, and obviously we're talking about twenty years difference, but you know, there's definitely a style change, I guess, for the different mediums. Where Marvel was a different medium than what Threw is.
2: I wouldn't say it's a, a huge style style change, particularly looking at the um, the layers on the cover. That's reminiscent of um, his artwork in the um, in the Marvel, particularly. You know, use of shading, or what have you?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
2: I, I just going on my memory, I haven't looked yeah. at it in, in years. I mean, it definitely um, it definitely looks different. Mm. And I prefer the front cover to, to the um to the back cover. Yeah, um, I don't. I It looks like think it's, it's, it's just been quickly sketched out and just. Yeah, I don't think it's Paul's yeah. best work. No.
1: It, it wouldn't surprise me, and and this is based, I guess, a bit on talking to Jason at um the the Supernova. Jason Paulus may not have intended this to be a cover artwork. Uh, he certainly, the, the poster that was released for Phantom by Gaslight, um, I think you and I, Jim, were, were some of the first to put that in front of him for a signature. And he looked at them and gone, oh, I can't believe they used that for a poster. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if this is something that he's drawn and then he's surprised to see that emerge as a, um, in this case, a rear cover, but as a, as a cover image for his, for his story.
0: And I'm not sure if it's the colour, but it looks like it's a, um, a coloured phantom. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, it looks like that.
1: Very brown. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen a phantom that brown since Lothar took over in uh, King's Cross. Anyway, uh, it, it, it raises the point that it's interesting. Um, on the front cover, there is no mention of phantom by Gaslight. And on the back cover is basically a phantom by Gaslight cover. So uh, what do you think about that? Phantom by Gaslight is this, this huge thing that Fru are trying to do, but they don't mention it at all on the front cover. You've actually got to turn it over to realise that it's even in the issue.
2: Yeah, you've got to know it's there to know it's there rather than hmm. them advertising that it's
0: there. I reckon maybe the Glenn Lumsden cover, it's a very busy cover, so it might have, um, might have been a strategic decision to not take away from the cover as much.
2: You could um, have had a little, a little byline just underneath the, the title. Yeah, there, yeah. The not, just put plus... Um,
0: Gaslight. Yeah, like you know, It could have just been an oversight, to be honest. Yeah. But um, oh yeah, I I don't really know if it was if it was a huge deal breaker. No. Um, yeah. No, it's not. But do you? Yeah. Def- I. Oh well, yeah, no. Hang on, we haven't been talking about Gaslight yet, so. Long. Um. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about the story? I love the story well, behind before
1: we get to the story. story. Before we get to the story, one last point about the cover: um, the phantom's not purple.
0: Yeah,
1: I must. We on the front cover, we've got a grey phantom. We do not have a purple phantom.
2: Yeah, I just I was not going to mention about that and wait how long? So he was going to bring that up. <laughs> Which I think just is, uh, brings back the old, what we say, Raymore Wilson-McCoy with the, um, the mask, you know, he was, he was down black and white in the dailies, and you know, maybe this is just harking back to that, but um,
0: yeah. Oh. He's grey in the uh, giant sizes as well, giant size colours. Well, on the second one he is, on the first one it's kind of purple greyish.
1: Well, the second one I've only just seen for the first time tonight on the website, and you're absolutely right. He is he is grey there. I but in terms of a regular through, I think there's only there's pretty famously only been the one through where the fandom doesn't appear at all. This has got to be one of, if not the first time, that a fandom has appeared on the front cover in grey, not in purple. Yeah, I
0: must admit, I would have thought probably there would have been more of an outcry amongst the fan fans on Facebook, because you normally get the um, the more vocal ones on Facebook, and, but I didn't really see any, so. I think
2: no, that's it's a tribute to the art, how good the yeah. art is, that they really don't care that it's grey. Like, they care, but they don't, because the art's so good. Yeah. Do
0: you? Do any of you see a
1: problem with it?
2: I don't want to see it happening all the time. Yeah. But I don't mind it on this one. Agreed.
1: Uh, yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. Mm. I,
0: I, so do you think... So with Steve's point about the fact that the quality of the cover hides the fact that he's grey, do you think... It doesn't hide it at all. It's that he's put it... Well, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is that you're not as outraged because the quality of the cover. So, so it, good, yeah. It's so good. Is, would you... But. Would that be where you kind of sit as well, Dan?
1: I think it it's a it's a great cover. It probably would be better if he was purple.
2: Like I've, I've just been sitting right beside the Baron Khan one, and let's say they put the Phantom in in grey on that one, I would have really hated the cover. Yeah. Like I was that that's no good. Why do they do that for? It's yep. Stupid. yeah but on this one, okay, they are made in grey. Right? Yeah. That's. A, I hope they don't continue to do it, but you know, yeah. okay, they've made him great.
1: Yeah, it's a very fair call. Yeah, I, uh, I hope it doesn't creep in. I hope that this is a. I I wouldn't even say once a year you would let them get away with it. Um. Yeah.
0: Well, we've seen some of the phantom. Baby. We've seen some of the phantom world
2: covers with different colour. Yeah, but that's they're from different countries. You expect that.
1: Well, this is from a different country, and uh, so I suppose that that leads us into. the... Well, do
2: you expect them to be red.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, well, you would. This is uh, the story. The Cold Fire Worshippers was originally paint, um, published by uh, the Italian Sparta. Yep, by the Italian Sparta, Sparta. Is it? uh, I really love the the story that uh, Dudley gives us in the message from the publisher that uh, <laughs> Glenn was surfing eBay one night, and this uh, the original artwork to this popped up. I don't know why the original artwork to things like this never pop up on my eBay <laughs> feed, but anyway. <laughs> this,
0: this was up for probably about six months before.
1: Was it? Yeah. Why didn't you buy it? Because <laughs> it was about uh,
0: 1200, <laughs> 1,200 Australian, <laughs> and I'm... Obviously, I'm not as good friends with Renee that he would buy it for me. Buy it for
2: <laughs>
1: well, you have already said here you've got to put um, the Hermes coffee table books on lay So well, fair yeah, enough that yeah. you're not uh, you're not just picking up picking up original artwork from uh, 1960s Sparta stories. Uh, so. The, my first thought as I flicked through this before I read the message from the publisher was, like, this looks like an Italian story. Why isn't this in Phantom's world where it belongs? Dudley explains that. It's already been published in English a couple of times, and the, and the covers are there for us to see on the inside front cover. Um, as, as a story, what did we think of uh, the Coldfire Worshippers?
0: It's probably one of the stronger Italian stories we've read in the last year. Yes. Yeah, I second that. It's not a classic in the sense that, you know, in three years' time when you're looking for a comic to read and you're thumbing through and you're going, oh, I enjoyed this, I want to reread it. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's definitely one that you had more positive memories about than some of the others that we've read. Yeah.
2: And it really follows that Italian style. The, the big panels, the, um, mm. the 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 big font for the for those, of, those who haven't gone to the optometrist. Oh,
1: so much easier to read than JFK. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: you know, things are nice and clear. It had, and what, what's it? When's it from the sixties? I guess. Yeah, sixty-seven. I it, think. It, uh, sixty-five. Well, sixty-five. Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, it has it has that look and feel about it. Yeah, particularly with the lines and and what have you. Some of them look a little bit rough, but you know, yeah, like Jermaine said, it, it's definitely not the worst Mattain um, story that we've we've had in the last twelve months. Um, it, it's a decent story.
1: Mm. I thought the first, probably the first half, I was a little bit confused about the two different lots of bad guys and um, the, the yeah. Eileen. How did how it was she different to Big John and um, trying? It to almost
0: feels like we've missed a, a story that. Pre that was before no, it. I'm, you...
1: glad, I'm glad you say that, because I felt like at one stage there's probably three or four pages here that I didn't see, or something. I don't know. Maybe Glenn didn't... Uh, yeah. Maybe he should have paid $1,500 and got the whole story, or something, I don't know.
2: <laughs>
1: um, because it was a bit confusing as to who was who. But once it came together, it came together really, really well, and the uh, the artwork, and we've seen, uh, we've seen the artwork from Giovanni Fionteri before... I've butchered his name, and I'm sorry, Giovanni. To be fair, you're probably dead now. I don't know. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, if he's not, he's coming for you. Oh,
1: if he's well, not, I
2: doubt are, he
0: listens. He's to join us on the, po- on the podcast.
2: <laughs> we won't be getting an interview with him.
1: Other than for me to qualify all of that by saying, he does some fantastic classic poses, and there's a whole bunch of these that you just um, uh, are, are really... They're, they're obviously Cy Barry-inspired, some of them, but others are just, um, I think he's inspired other mm. other pieces. So a lot of these um, panels, individual panels, are really, 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 really good. Um, and it, yeah. it's that clarity and that simplicity, I think, which you alluded to there before, Stephen, um, which I really like in this.
0: Yeah. Well, we all know that they um, they basically were told that if they want a job drawing the fan, and they have to draw like Cyber.
1: Well,
2: that was good advice. That's not a bad thing. Mm. <laughs> and... Uh, what about... Oh, you're still going? No, you go. I, I was about to say, well, I was going to move on to Gaslight 2. Me yeah, too. We'll yeah, me too.
1: To All right, so Phantom by Gaslight 2, Test of the Urban Villain. It, it feels like too long since we've seen Phantom by Gaslight 1. I was very excited to read this. Uh, only a, a short little eight pages or whatever it is. Um, what do we think of this?
2: Yeah, very quick it was over before it started. Mm. Um I don't know what the heck Julia was doing with the belt buckle. That just seemed pretty weird. Um and I know that you preferred or you you stated somewhere Jermaine that you you liked it in black and white opposed to the color. I actually like you know what we've seen so far in Gaslight um in the color. To this I just I just feel that the um I suppose the shading, you know, the, the, the dot, 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 dots everywhere to make it dark just kind of irked my eyes a bit, if we were going to give you on about mm. that all night. I'd like to see this in the, in the collected volume in colour. Mm. Um, I
1: think
2: they are going to do it in colour, aren't Yeah, they? yeah that's what I said it. I'm looking forward to seeing that.
1: Given that we've seen Gaslight 0 and 1 in colour, and this is the first time we've seen it in black and white, I'd agree with you, Stephen. I prefer it in colour from what I've seen so far. Yeah.
2: See, I prefer it in black and white. Yeah, but that's because you're an old, fuddy-duddy focused.
0: I'm not a that
2: There's been at least two or three occasions so far tonight where you have gone further than what Dan has, and Dan's saying that he'd like to see this in colour. So, um, I think you're just uh, you're being converted, mate. And uh, I don't know what else I can say.
0: <laughs> um... Oh, yeah. I'll probably be a fruist then. I would say they do it in black and white. A <laughs> well, fruist? You're not going to get
1: that one in the print in the Australian, mate. Right? Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, but the,
0: the story awesome was that? Getting, uh, getting our word focused into, into mainstream media. Yeah,
1: that, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool.
0: That is a coup for our podcast. Forget everything else we've done. We've... Got a made-up word in mainstream, in mainstream media.
2: I want someone to go through the, all the podcasts and and say who said that word first.
0: I've actually had I've actually had someone because before we talked about it on the podcast, I think I was using the word in, in terminology of someone else, and um, and we were actually going through all of our conversations trying to find out who came up with it first. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Anyway, back to the story. So, I, like, apart from the, the the shading, I like the story. And I like, you know, we got the new bad guy coming through, and um, you know, we've seen, we've seen off old Jack, and but now we're um, well, yes, the, we the good doctor.
1: Yeah, that was. Oh, no, question, we
2: haven't seen him. That ever. was
1: a question mark I had as well. Germ, have we seen off Jack the Ripper? No, so I, reckon, I, reckon, he, I
0: reckon I reckon all these bad guys are going to like come back. At the end, and then there's going to be like some you know massive royal type of fight and stuff like that. Mm.
2: Yeah, what I mean was he's played his part, and they've kind of, he well, he's off now, but he's definitely got the opportunity to um to come back. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, mm. it's um uh, what I do like is that you kind of have the villain of the week or the villain of the story, and mm. uh, and. And, like, they, they come up, they, well, so far, I'm assuming, is they're going to have this, um, it's it's like the old Batman.
1: Remember the old Batman mm. TV show? It's like, you know. Yeah, it's
2: like, on SBS uh, Viceland at the moment. My,
1: my kids are watching it for the first time ever at the moment, and they are loving mm. it. It's, yeah, it. it's great. They can't believe there's only two episodes a week. Um, they're devastated. <laughs> that they can't watch it every night. It, it's, it's, it stands up. you would have to
0: download it, Mark.
1: You don't um, have to, it's on, it's on SBS. No, download it so the kids don't have
0: to
1: wait for it. No, um. no you've got to teach the modern generation something about, bloody patience and perseverance. There, there's, it's not always...
0: piracy. Oh, have everything. True old for old blind. Oh, by.
1: we must have everything instantly. <laughs> this is the same, oh, we need to see what the covers are six months before they come out. No, just have a little bit of patience and enjoy the surprise when they arrive.
2: He's trying to say something just to get him out of the focus um book. Well, <laughs> next no, same bat like channel, same bat next
0: week. In this podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but yeah, no I, I I enjoyed it. What what did you think about the um the disagreement between Julia and um and the Phantom? Paul oh, and the
1: Good, they're brother yeah, and sister. And the Phantom. Yeah. Well see you've bought into it right now. They're both the Phantom. Julie, Julie <laughs> as she says a number of times, I am the Phantom just as much as you are. So you've clearly picked a side, Germ, and I haven't, uh, I haven't decided who's in the right... And, and this speaks to what's going on right now with your potential Empty Throne saga and what might happen if, in the Curse of Old Moz, the Phantom does actually die. Who takes over? I think it needs to be a joint effort, and uh, Kit in, in Phantom by Gaslight is struggling with the idea that he might have to share the role.
0: Yeah. Um. So, did you think it was good? Yeah, and I did. Did you
1: enjoy having it? Yeah, I th- I think it's very natural that the two of them might um have the disagreement. It in, in Phantom history at this point, it's never happened before that there are two with an equal claim. Um. Other than I guess the triplets for the fan the the ninth Phantom, but none of the triplets wanted it. They were pretty happy to give it to Kit Four. So, um. Yeah, no. The the fact that there are two that are keen for the role and both want it, and neither Julie sort of understanding that she's got second dibs, but not prepared to give that up. So no, I really like it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it as well. It's um, I I guess it it brings a human side to the character, mm. which we don't always get to see. Mm. Um, and it also, and you know, we're only seeing eight pages at a time, but it also brings like a, a depth to the characters as well, because like you've got depth to Julie and the Phantom, and then also you know, um, I can't remember his name, but um, uh, the the guy, you know, the third the third wheel, you know, trying to soothe him over Joe. as well. Joe. yeah. Yeah. Um, now, what what's interesting is. The first page of the first part, which has got the ring or mm. whatever it is is missing, has been brought up again mm. when they had that fight. So that's something that I've liked as well. And I is that there's that story behind the story. Mm. So, um, yeah.
1: But I would say, I 100% agree, and I'm really looking forward to the way that that's playing out. I would say that of the two. Claimants to the Phantom mantle here, that uh, in this story, Julie probably is the winner. She's got the stronger claim, and if only because she's just that little bit more brutal. I love the scene where <laughs> she knocks Jack the Ripper into the water. He pops up, oh, I can't swim, I can't swim, and she just looks at him. Neither can I. I'm not jumping in to save you. You're stuffed.
0: But is that true, Phantom? And this is, I can't believe that I've... Uh... I can't. It's like our roles have been reversed tonight. you know, i on the forkist, and um, you're the postmodernism. But is that true? Phantom, forkism, where surely the phantom, and surely he, she can swim because she's jungle trained. You know, I can't believe for a second that she wouldn't be able to swim. Um, where she wouldn't try and rescue Jack the Ripper. Uh, she
1: hasn't. She hasn't killed him, and and that's phantom law. The, the phantom doesn't kill. She hasn't killed him. I guess in this instance, well, she chooses hey, not to save him.
0: She can't find default. a rope or whatever. She did by default. She she watched him drown. That is basically killing him. She could have we saved him. We don't know if
2: he's drowned. Yeah. We are just, well, just talking about that before.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's safe to say <laughs> that, he, that, he hasn't, that he hasn't died and we're going to see him again. But, you know, she has chosen not to save him mm. when she could have. And is you know uh, uh, I can't believe that I'm sounding
2: like a fool. So a much, ethical but. dilemma. You're not killing him, but you're not rescuing the mother.
1: Mm. Mm. Uh, no, you, you do make a good point, Jim. And um, I think there's there's a, a an undercurrent of focused in you that you refuse to acknowledge and you desperately <laughs> fight against. Uh, but it's there, and and you make a good point. Maybe she should have grabbed a, a guy rope and tried to save him, or at least made a made a show of trying to show, trying to save him. Uh, but it just... It spoke to me of someone who's just more prepared to get the job done.
0: Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's, I, 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 it was a good... Um, it was a... It was a good part. Mm.
1: It was. Oh, and you know what's the most exciting? This is only part two of what we've been told is a 16-part story, so... Um, we are on for a journey with this one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, and, the, the, and I love the um, the last page, like mm. with last issue, had the the big one there with Julie. Now this one here, we've got um, another a whole page panel to to finish this off. Mm. If that's going to be um, thing that they do with every issue, that's not a bad thing. It's a great little. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he, what's the technical term for it, but um, it's a great little thing to happen in each issue. Mm. Yeah, I mm.
1: okay. All right, so that brings us to issue number 1791, and I've got to be upfront and say I do not have a copy of issue 1791 as we stand here today because my subscription has not delivered it, and um, I have seen it in newsagents, but given that I know it's going to arrive shortly, I haven't bought it. you seen it in newsagents. You can buy one. Sorry. You didn't buy an extra one. Buy an extra one? Why would I buy an extra one? I get two no, I would have
0: thought, it's, like it's all full of folk stories. This would be something that, you know, that you'd just be happily spending an extra ten bucks on.
1: No, I get I get one to read and I get one for my signature series. That's uh that's all I need. A couple of a couple of each through at the moment is is all I'm after. Um, unless someone <laughs> One of my Brazilian or Indian friends who, who contacts me and says, "Can you please pick this up for me and, and post that over, and I'll trade you something very cool from my country?" I'm not, I'm not buying these just for just for fun, especially at ten dollars a pop, to be honest. Yeah. But Stephen, you you said you've already picked up this one, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I've picked it up, and I was I was amazed to see it in the in the comic shop when I when I saw it there because um yeah you know, looking at um Cold Fire, it's not supposed to be out to the 31st of August and. Well, it's not the thirty-first of August at the moment,
1: and there are a couple um, of a couple there are a couple of Facebook friends that we've all got that uh, post up their subscriptions as soon as they arrive, and I think this one's in stores before the subscribers have got it this time.
2: Yeah, well, I've got it in my hot little hand anyway.
1: Yeah, have you and got one,
2: Ah, ha- uh, no. Uh, so. In uh, this issue, we've got uh, numbers 166, 165, and 164, which, of course, are The Belt, The Master Spy, The Lady from Nowhere, and The Crooner. Um, I've actually had a bit of a read of, of, read of this, but before I do, I read um, Barry's um, message from the publisher, or message from the um, historian, mm. as it is. Um, and, you know, it gives a good write-up of each of the stories, which he always does, but... Um, He also says where it's been published before and through, and I I can't remember if he's done this before, but if you want to read the full story, read this issue um, type type thing, um, which I thought was a nice little touch. So I read um, The Belt, and I didn't quite finish The Master Spy before um, you guys started calling on Skype, (laughs) but I was trying to finish it off while you guys were just doing your your pre-show banter between each other. As well as nice and quiet, because I was trying to read the thing, but um, I didn't finish it. Um, Master
0: Spy is a good good story.
2: Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't remember having read that one before. I've read the belt before, and you you can kind of pick. You know, it's not the full story. There's just things you just like. It, it flows, but there's just a few times you think, did I miss something there? Not not really with dialogue or the way the story's structured. Just something. Sometimes it felt a little bit rushed. Then. Than what it should have.
0: I wonder if that's because of the story or because of the heavy editing.
2: Oh, no, the editing! I would have thought. the The second one, the Master Spy. Yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't recall ever seeing this one before, so I don't know about any editing. Any editing doesn't seem too, um, too obvious. Um, I think there's a part there between. Um, um. Or just before Smitty takes Jade into the commander's office, it you know, looks like there might be something um, done there. But um, apart from that, like I said, I haven't quite finished the story, but yeah, you know, it's good. You know, he's got all the, the things he needs there, like the well, and you know, Smitty, uh, not Smitty, the Mister Heg. He's, he's a bit of a devious old character. You know, figuring, trying to figure out all the secrets. Um, the other stories. What have we got? Lady from nowhere. well, read that one uh, recently, I think. That's the one with she Parachutes, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Crooner. I don't remember the Crooner. Oh, oh is one of the great stories.
1: Yeah? Mm. It was in 1063, I
2: believe it was.
0: Last well, yeah, 1063,
2: yes, but more recently in 1560. 1063, anyway, so they're Jermaine, they're the that
1: would be good. just about... That must be one of the, in the first year or so of you collecting, if I remember rightly
0: uh, It was before me collecting.
1: Before, because uh, you were in the 1100s five. when you started.
0: Yeah, 1123 or 1121, one, one, I think, was the first time I started collecting.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, would have been in, the, in around that when I started back then. But what's... um. There's a little panel there coming up, coming next issue, Fru 1792, The Empty Throne Part 1, mm. on sale, 14th of September. That's over three weeks away. Over two weeks <laughs> away, sorry. Mm. It's. Um,
1: what I do I like is the, the
2: anticipation.
1: That, that at least Fru have waited long enough that they're going to do, and I think this is right, um, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that they're just going to do Empty Throne Parts 1, 2, 3. Um, uh,
0: they were already published last year.
1: Oh, yes, obviously in, in, in Scandinavia. In
0: Chronological order. Sorry? Oh, so you're talking about how they're not going to put other stuff in between? Correct,
1: them? they're just going to be consecutive yeah. issues and we're just going to Straight get the bang, whole story bang bang. bang, 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 which is better than what I think happened in Scandinavia where they had to wait um, three or four months between issues.
0: No, I um, don't know. We'll have to have a look at that one.
1: Well either way yeah, it's, I'm looking forward it's, to it. it's a it's a very big three story issue and for those of um, for those listeners who uh, put any weight in these Scandinavian stories they'll think this is quite serious for me it's going to be an entertaining little sojourn of what might happen in a fantasy <laughs> universe if, if you're in fantasy land um, well, right, it's
0: happened. It's just
1: when it happened. It's happened in Scandinavia, which, of course, means that it doesn't matter because oh, it's not mate. real. For a second, I
0: thought we were going to get a whole podcast without him spewing his focused uh, zealot views. And um,
1: it hasn't happened. Like you've
2: been doing the whole night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: So uh, we we look forward to that, and in fact, maybe we'll type in our next Comic and News podcast uh, for the end of the Empty Throne series, and and perhaps even have an Empty Throne focused podcast. That might be might be an entertaining hmm. session to have. What do you think about that, gents? Yeah, that could work. That
0: could be good. Hmm. Um, it looks like you're all right, Dan. Um, oh, hang Empty on. on. Empty, Throne, Empty Throne, Part One was in Egmont. Uh, number eight, 2016, and part two was in uh, Phantom Men, eleven, 2016. So that's uh, so had part one, skipped one, part two, and then part three um, was looks like it was another skip one, and then part three as well. I actually know they've missed two. Yeah, so there's um, actually So that was Norway, but yeah, so it looks like um, there was a there was a there was, oh, an issue or two around them. Mm.
1: So um, hopefully, through we'll do something that we've been, um, you know, or, or, or address an issue that we've been quite we and and lots of fans have been quite critical of through before in terms of. Um, too many issues between parts of a story um, and, and as recently as the um, Nate Turner Spirit um, a couple of years ago uh, where that was spread out. Um, hopefully they get all three parts of the story in consecutive issues so that we can enjoy the story and and, and keep it fresh in our minds as we read through it. So, uh, and, I, and I think that that will make for a very good uh, podcast in the future, where we talk about and just focus on the empty throne, and what do we think about that?
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right because it's, um, it's 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 a big it's a big thing. Uh, well, um, it's
1: a big fantasy.
0: thing. Well, whether it's fantasy or not, if um, if Egmont decides to do it, we will get a twenty second phantom.
1: Yeah, right, which which won't be a real one. So.
0: Are you trying to make up for all your um, for your uh, what do you call it? Uh, not not being in a true focus for the last for the last uh, hour and trying to get it all out. <laughs> uh,
1: if Egmont do it, it is going to cause a schism, and and that's what will happen. It's going to be a. a it's gonna be a massive shift, a massive, massive
0: So what if um what if Tony Lee Paul does it?
1: Well then it's real. Then it's happened.
0: But how can it be how can it be real when they're both non fork creators? Is does it make it real just because it's in the newspaper?
1: Correct, yeah, that's that's exactly right.
0: But is that true Forkism where um where I know other people wouldn't
1: agree with that. No, well, a true, I guess, a a true focus, a purple-in-the-blood type focus, is someone who only, who would have stopped reading in 1999 and doesn't accept anything from there as being of any value or moving on at all. Personally, focused for me, it it still, every newspaper strip has a fork, square, you know, acknowledges fork in it, so that's... Continuation of the fork legacy. Um, Lee Fork continues to be the narrator in those stories. So I guess we've all got it's a made up word. We can interpret it however we like what a fork is. (laughs) Um, And and for me, uh, the newspaper is the forkist. And and if the newspaper and and if Tony DePaul moves the fork, uh, moves the phantom into the 22nd phantom, then I, for one, will probably be the first person to stand up and applaud it and say, it's time to move, and I'm on the record as having said we we Lee fork should have probably done that by now. Uh, so
0: can Egmont do it if no. you, If the newspaper do no, it? No,
1: that's the tail wagging the dog. The
0: the dog. No, 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 but what I'm saying is if the newspaper, if Tony D'Paul kills off the phantom, yep. does that then allow Egmont to be able to to be able to continue with the forkism trend and have the twenty-second phantom.
1: No, it doesn't allow them to do it. It compels them to do it. They have to. Uh, the wolf <laughs> must. Uh, the The tail must. <laughs> the wolf must wag the tail. Um, not the other way around. So, um, <laughs> if if
0: I don't think you're really, right. Yeah.
1: Well, I agree
0: with that. But how do we know that the that Tony DePaul hasn't killed off the phantom? Oh, so maybe, because Mike Manley leaks strips. That's how we know. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know that is actually you know because you've got the whole Dream State and stuff which we've talked about. So maybe the reason we are getting the empty throne is because we have seen the death of the twenty second fader, or the twenty first.
2: Yeah, or the
1: oh, death, death of the twenty first. Perhaps, perhaps if if that turns out. So small. then, yeah.
0: Well, I think I think. We, I think I think we won't discuss too much. I think we'll wait until we read the parts. Um,
1: oh, look! It's and, a, it's um, a very exciting yeah, time. We, I, I
0: reckon I reckon you're right. I reckon we do a podcast solely on the that three parts. Here. I've been waiting for this this for almost about a year now. I think the first part came out in June or July last year, um, from memory. So I've been I've been waiting for this for a year. I'm excited to see it. I think. For memory, we Egmont is publishing three stories a year for, and I think for memory, it, they've given it uh, two years, maybe three years, to see the reaction, and then that will determine what happens. I think, not 100 sure. So, well, if that's, it will be interesting. Yeah,
1: if that's what they're doing, then, uh, then they are saying that the newspaper strip isn't moving forward in terms of it, to see their reaction the newspaper strip kills off 21 and moves to 22, then there's no reaction to Gage. We just move on.
2: Yeah. Speaking of moving on, it's nearly midnight. <laughs> nice sequence, did I don't know dude. about you, Jakers, but i got to work. Yeah, so... <laughs> let's stop talking
1: about a podcast we might record a month from now and uh, wrap this one up. A fair, very fair call, very fair call. We can continue this off-air. So, uh, look... Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to uh, podcast number 70-something, whatever this has been, 73, uh, Comics and News. Uh, make sure that you continue to check out our website, chroniclechamber.com, for all of the news as it happens. Um, we update that as often as we possibly can, given that we've all got full-time jobs and, and, uh, and all the rest of it. We try to keep on top of the Phantom News as best as we can and, and publish it for you guys to see. Make sure that you're checking out our social media, and, and I every time I think I should remember this better, but I think it's... Um, the What's our Facebook site? ChronicleChamber.com Phantom Fans Collector page... something. I don't know. If you, if you go on Facebook and... Do a search for Chronicle in Chamber. Chronicle
0: Chamber, it'll come up. It'll
1: come up, we'll be there. And the Phantom Collector um, Facebook group is certainly all, um, everything that we post goes on the Phantom Collector group as well, so check that out. Uh, Chronicle Tweets on Twitter, at Chronicle Tweets, and um, Instagram's probably at Chronicle Tweets as well. That doesn't make sense, but it'll be there somewhere. We should be, we should be better at
2: that. <laughs> uh, the Patreon subscribers really professional. Don't <laughs> oh, very
1: professional podcast we are. Uh, the Patreons uh, guys, we appreciate every one of you who, who chips in money to the Patreon account. Without you guys, we couldn't be spending a couple of hours every Sunday night or every second Sunday, whatever we're doing. Uh, talking about the fandom and trying to bring that to you. So the Patreons, uh, thank you each and every one of you. Um, there is a something there's a little something special coming for the Patreon subscribers mm. very, very soon, and I think you're going to be very excited about what that is. Joe, when he's not in Malta and um, when he's paying attention to the fandom stuff he's doing, and uh, a joke all jokes aside, is doing a power of work right now behind the scenes, it's something that's going to be released and launched for Patreons. Uh, so mm. if you want to get yourself ready and set up so that you can receive some very, very cool Phantom stuff, uh, particularly if you're into the Phantom history, then um, you should get on, get on board with that. So that's uh, Patreon slash Chronic that, Chamber.
0: That's been in... Me and Joe have been talking about this for literally probably the last three, four years. Um, and it's taken us this long to actually kind of get it done. And we've been collecting the data for that long as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's um, it's something that's been in the works for a long time.
1: And, uh, and finally, of course, if you're listening to this on iTunes, you should be, of course, subscribed. Um, you should be... Uh, Giving us, wait, does anyone even know? Honestly, boys, do does anyone even know how we should go back and look at our reviews if anyone reviews us or, or what they say?
0: Um, yeah, you just go to iTunes and you can figure it out.
1: Oh well, I'll do that then. Um, so, uh, so you're all on notice, anyone who's listening to this, so I'm going to figure out how to look and see if anyone's reviewing this, and I'm going to see what your reviews say, so make sure you say something nice about it, because apparently that's good in terms of uh, making sure that people who are looking for the Phantom on iTunes find us, which is probably pretty inconsequential, given that we're the only Phantom podcast, and anyone who's looking for the Phantom on iTunes is probably going to find us anyway, but still, say something nice. Anyway. <laughs> Or else, or, or else uh, there'll be there'll be consequences. Um, all right, boys, we should wrap this up. It's been a long time, given that we were only going to talk about five comics and and no news. It's uh, we've still managed to turn it two hours, um, but uh, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks very much for your time tonight, guys. Thank you very much, Stephen.
2: Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, as always, always a good mate. Chat. I'm just hopeful yeah. that everyone can hear you this time of week. <laughs>
2: Yeah, new headset. Hopefully, it's all nice and clear.
1: And, and thank you very much, Germ. See you, mate. Thanks for having us. Happy phantoming, people. Absolutely. Happy phantoming, everyone. Happy phantoming.
0: <laughs> all
1: right, and we're out. We actually come up
0: six when you type in phantom.
1: Do you? Six? Yeah. Who's in front of us, like people flying drones?
0: 100 um, Years of Horror, um, Rose Drive, Phantom App, Stuff You Should Know, The Dollop with Dave, Unsolved Murders, and then the X-Fan Phantom Podcast.
1: How does The Dollop, and I subscribe and I love The Dollop, it's a great podcast, how does that get in front of us though, it's got nothing to do with The Phantom?
0: Uh, it's probably a, they probably did an episode on the Phantom or something. Well,
1: in that case, I'd love to listen to that because they and
0: we're a four we got four stars, four in reviews. Okay. There's of ones that have actually written of interest to Phantom comic fans, particularly Australians, a recent <laughs> podcast provided information about Phantom items, which was useful to me. Uh, this one's cool. Uh, I both blame and thank you for reuniting the the passion <laughs> obsession I had as a youth in the 80s and 90s. What a time to get back into it! Where's Joe? Is he is he to make a cameo any time Keep up the great work. Oh, that's
1: a, that's a nice one.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we've got one one star, <laughs> uh, two three stars, one four star, and like maybe five or four um, five stars. That's five. five. Five five stars. Mine doesn't actually come up with how many these, it, it just has
2: it. Oh, doesn't? It, five. it says five. I got five for five stars, one for four, two for three, none for zero. I mean, none for two stars and one for one star.
0: Yeah. Does it come up with any other reviews, like written reviews, or just those?
2: Yeah, it's just got the two two customer yeah.
0: reviews. By Big Mama ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> And generation carnage.
1: Yeah. Oh well, I like. Right, guys. I like the one where they've we've both they both blame us and thank us for reigniting their <laughs> joy. That, that's fair. That's what I like.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the upside all is right, all three guys. of us have recorded this, so we're uh, bound to have a copy of it now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole
1: survivor of a shipwreck, and upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty, and all my sons will follow
0: me, so evildoers will believe that this... Man cannot die! The phantom! The ghost who walks! The phantom! Enemies beware! The phantom's always there! But you won't find the phantom! He fights you!